We continue along on PNCC Speak, the language of executives. Michael Calhoun with Regional President of PNC, Michael Scully. And uh, we're talking about Advantage Solutions with Dave Peacock. Advantage Solutions moving to St. Louis, specifically to Clayton from Irvine, California. And uh, we expect Advantage Solutions to be an active corporate citizen, just like the CEO in St. Louis. What can uh, the, the region expect from Advantage? You know, we, we're going to be involved. Um, we focus primarily on workforce enablement. Um, we are 70,000 people strong and, and probably 60 plus thousand hourly employees, both full time and part time. And we can we employ over 400 people in the St. Louis region right now. And so um, partnering with organizations, as I've done in the past, like the Urban League is a great example. Uh, but there are many great organizations in St. Louis um, to to both find workers, but more importantly, create opportunities people, for people and, and, and real economic mobility. And so that's that's a big priority for us. And then food. Food insecurity is another area that we focus, given that we work primarily in the food space. Um, so that's that's another area we'll be leaning in as, as an organization. And workforce development here has really blossomed in terms of uh, organizations jumping in, different collaborations happening, new training programs coming online. Uh, seems like it's a good time to be entering St. Louis and, and looking to hire. Yeah, I, I think it is. And, and look, there's I think there's a momentum in St. Louis and in the region uh, that is very positive. Um, and, and you see it in, in different segments um, in the IT space, for instance. Um, but even like you mentioned in, in the hourly space and in a lot of the work in, in, in the service industries, and that's largely what we are as a service provider, um, there's just there's there's opportunity for growth. And, and what I get excited about, and I just talked to a, a group of ours that's a one of our retail teams. Uh, you did this first. I did had to do this virtually, but it's a group in the Northeast, and, and we we talked about how our organization is really a people first organization, and and what that means is that we're thoughtful in every decision we make and how it affects our people, and then how can we create more opportunities for our people. And that um, at the end of the day, if we take care of our people the way we think we should and give them the opportunities to grow, our business will take care of itself. Um, and we believe strongly in that. And then the another key part of our culture is service with heart. So serving with heart is really critical in this mindset of always being empathetic and understanding about our customers, about consumers um, who are in stores and what they may be going through experiencing and, and how, what can we do to enhance that experience or make you know, acquiring products easier for them. Well, that has to be a, uh, an incredibly challenging uh, prospect coming out of the COVID pandemic, uh, 60,000 hourly employees across the country. Uh, how do you hire that many people and how do you assure that they you know, have that secret sauce to provide these services to your, your clients. So um, we've got a great, we have great talent acquisition associates um, and, and they do a great job. Um, we've seen now um, for the last three quarters, net new hires in, in growth in net new hires. Um, we're seeing turnover at the lowest level since the pandemic right now. Um, and I, I put a lot of that on the, the line leadership within the organization, which is where culture really manifests itself. Um, and we can, we can say all the things we, we want to about what we espouse to be as it relates to a culture, but how they lead at the frontline level is, is going to really determine who we are and when we show up. And so um, it, I'm doing what I can, but we're doing a lot as an organization to speak more transparently to the organization and to those folks. And, lean into them and then look to bring real 
strong leadership training courses along the way next year to give people the tools to to deal with what is an ever-changing workforce. Um, and then the, obviously the technology uh, that we have, um, part of our mission and our job is to deploy labor efficiently. And so we actually have been using, and this is before I joined, um, AI-backed um, technologies to help optimize how labor is deployed so that we drive the greatest ROI for our clients. And as you deploy that, you're deploying to brick-and-mortar stores, uh, but this is at a time, you know, e-commerce is taking off, uh, click-and-collect even, where you pull up curbside uh, and pick up, but you're not going inside the store. Um, what what do you think is the current status of uh, brick-and-mortar, especially with the, you know, grocery stores and that sort of thing? Yeah, it's, you know, brick-and-mortar, it's interesting. So we saw during the pandemic a spike in um, e-commerce, obviously, because people were a little, had a little trepidation going into a store. Um, that is actually reversed and, and come back down in, in almost the pre-pandemic levels. Um, I believe longer term, you're going to kind of continue to see some level of e-commerce growth. But like you see in, in other places where it's more developed, like Europe, it, it's maybe 20 or 25 percent of the retail environment. So the, the store still matters a lot. Um, and you mentioned click and collect, and that's an area where our services can be beneficial as well as it relates to um potentially helping retailers with the shop itself, with the, the getting the order out to the car. So, um, you know, just last month actually saw the, the first decline in monthly average users or active users um, in, the, in their order volumes. They actually went to pre-pandemic levels for the first time in three years. So um, I think you are actually are seeing people go back in the stores more. I've been curious who the um, when you place a curbside order, who the pickers are. Is it store employee? Is it Instacart? Could be an Advantage Solutions employee. It's, it varies depending on the retailer and depending on their strategy. And so you do have some retailers that do it themselves. Um, and then you have Instacart, um, who is all over doing that kind of work. Um, DoorDash just dabbled in it as well. And then obviously our company is 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 creating that capability. You mentioned uh, having to meet with uh, folks from your customers all across the country. Some of that is virtual, but uh, you know, moving here to St. Louis, what's what's the airport and the offerings of flights there? What does that play into uh, the decision and, and your ability to get out? You know, it, it, one of the advantages I think of St. Louis is its centricity. And and as I I actually reached out to uh, Rhonda, who runs the airport, um, as the director there, before we moved, and we had a good conversation, and she gave me some insights as to some flights that may be coming online. And we can get pretty much anywhere from St. Louis. Uh, sometimes, you know, I think we, we look at the world with rearview mirror versus, you know, looking forward. But we actually have a lot more accessibility to places than, than, than maybe we realize. It may not be what it was 20, 25 years ago when TWA had 300-whatever flights a day. Um, but when I compare it to other places, it's still very, very advantageous. And so um, – one of the things we do, too, is bring a lot of people in for meetings and a lot of our leadership team. And they've loved coming into St. Louis and, and feel it's an easy place to get to and and enjoy their time here. So that's one of the things we see as an advantage of us, pardon the pun, moving here is also bringing teams in and, and some of the economic impact that can come from that. St. Louis is a top 10 station for the largest domestic carrier, Southwest. 
That's right. So uh, we've got a lot more to talk about with Dave Peacock. What motivates him as we continue with PNCC Speak, the language of executives. Continuing along on PNCC Speak, the language of executives, Michael Calhoun in for Carol Daniel with Michael Scully, regional president of PNC and the CEO of Advantage Solutions, St. Louis and Dave Peacock. So Dave, I have followed you on LinkedIn and I've always thought you're a pretty amazing, passionate leader. But a former colleague of yours offered this assessment. You're a described as a calm, even keeled in a career spent in some chaotic circumstances. So how do you stay so centered in your life? I probably don't stay as centered as I'd like to. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's great that people think that. Um, I think uh, for me, it, it's one, it's just having trying to have perspective around whatever it is you're doing, you know, there, there is a, there is sort of a larger things at play, you know, whether it's family, kids, um, a little bit of kind of personal legacy, um, you know, you're going to be judged on more, uh, the, how you do things versus the, what you do, I think. And so that's one. And I think I'm adamant. I tell my team all the time, like I'm adamant about working out, um, I try, although this Thanksgiving wasn't a good example of, of keeping a good diet and sleep. I do think those three core things can keep you, especially as I'm in my mid-50s, just healthy, physically healthy, and I think also kind of mentally able to deal with and adapt to whatever the situation might bring. You've got a degree in journalism, so this newsroom guy is interested. Uh, how's that helped you out as a, uh, an executive and businessman? Yeah, I think it has. You know, um, one, I think the ability to write and communicate is critical. Um, and I actually find I communicate best in, in when I write um, personally. Um, and I think that's the journalism background. And I hold curiosity at a high premium. You know, when I'm looking, talking to executives, I, I tell them, look, curiosity is, is it, to me critical. Um, and always trying to understand the five whys and, and behind the root cause of anything that may be going on within a business. So, um, journalism certainly supports a curious mind and, and probably help fuel that um, over time. And um, I think communication as well, just the, the prioritization. You know, one of the things I did was took the communication role was about two layers down in the organization and I, and I moved it up and um, I've got a woman, Kelly Hammersmith, who runs that for us. And, and we do town halls after every quarterly announcement. We, with our 4,000 plus people, whoever wants to join, we do regular communications with our top 200. Um, you know, I think communication is really, really critical um, in, in building a culture and, and having transparency within your organization. So what's interesting and in looking at your career, you know, you're 55, uh, so some 30 years of your career. You've had many different roles with completely different companies. So I'm curious uh when you have that, how would you describe your management style? Because I'm sure in each of those situations, it's had to be a little bit different. It has. And, and I think you learn as you grow, right? I mean, I, I think even coming into this job, my goal was to, is to always kind of learn and, 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 and develop personally. Um, and so they were different trials, if you will. Um, but I think the, the, the same mindset of trying to keep the right perspective um, and, and, and be empathetic. I think empathy is a, is a key trait that people need to have when they lead in, in understanding how things land on people um, and, and maybe what they could be thinking. So, for instance, when Anheuser-Busch was sold, I was one of the same people thinking, okay, I'm probably going to lose a job. What's going to happen? A lot of uncertainty. I was 
more you know, senior in the organization, so I had more understanding and awareness of what was going on, and there's certain things you can and can't communicate. But just having empathy and sympathy and recognizing, hey, we so we actually assembled whoever would come into our lobby because it was our largest space, and we just hold town halls fairly frequently um, just to give people some frequency of news and information because they're so concerned about what's going to happen and, and you share what you can. Um, so I think empathy is critical. I think curiosity is critical. And I, I say this all the time to my team, I think being decisive. So make the right decision and then make the decision right. You're going to be in a situation where you make a decision, circumstances change, and then you're going to have to make whatever that decision was right by making different decisions. And, and it's something I learned with when we did some leadership modeling when I was at Anheuser-Busch with Navy SEAL Team Development Group, the SEAL Team 6, um, we went out to their base and, and they talked about adaptability and how they'll train and train and train and then they get onto the field and everything kind of goes to hell and they just have to figure it out. <laughs> so they sort of build this muscle of being adaptive and, and you know making the decision right um, and having to kind of be thoughtful about the next decision, the next one, and the next one. So... I think taking that mindset um, and knowing you're never finished, but that you're constantly in a kind of perpetual motion and of decision making is important too. To that end, and you talk about motivating and appreciating frontline employees. You mentioned AB. Uh, here's a quote from you recently uh, about Schnucks during the pandemic. You learned just how unimportant I was as president of a grocery chain, but how critical our baggers, checkers, stockers, and clerks were to our customers. It was this experience that codified my belief that a good leader supports the team that actually makes things happen for clients and customers. That's no, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the pandemic to me eradicated the importance of titles. Um, you know, and, and I think it's that way every day, but the pandemic brought it into clarity how unimportant you know executives were, and how important the people who were bagging or slicing deli meat or grinding beef in, in stores were. Um, you know, frontline workers, um, nurses, um, police, firemen, you know, people who who showed up. Um, you know, with I'm sure grave concern, but but did it anyway. Um, were the people that were the heroes of the pandemic, and I think you see that in all facets of life. Where you, at the end of the day, it's the front line. You say all the time at Anheuser Bush, the the most valued person to the retail customer from our wholesaler wasn't the wholesaler owner; it was the merchandiser who was often the lowest paid person in the organization, but they're the most valued by the retail customer. So. As long as you have that in mind um, and, and kind of operate with that level of understanding and empathy, I think it can it can make a difference. And then, again, you try to make opportunities for those who have those experiences to lead so that they bring that same empathy to the organization. Um, you can be successful. Dave, these are, these are gems to live by. It's incredible. So I'm, I'm sure with a career like yours, there are many people would say they owe their career to you, your leadership. How do you approach mentorship and talent development? You know, I, I think it's really important for people to feel that they actually play the biggest role in their own career and that there can be bad luck, but that at the end of the day, um, again, it goes back to this idea of like you make a decision and then you make the decision right. I read a great story this morning 
about Ohio State and, and the young quarterback from Michigan, um, Ohio State now having lost three times to Michigan in a row in, in a big football rivalry. But this story talked about how the quarterback from Michigan was recruit, had grown up an Ohio State fan and was recruited um, by the Ohio State coach. And the, and the quarterback said, well, the Ohio State coach lied to me because he ultimately didn't sign me, you know, which he said, I and it was part of the job, but it, it made me want to just beat Ohio State for the rest of my life. And he's now kind of done that two or three times in his career. Um, that was the motivating factor for that individual. And I think people, it's really important to take circumstances, whether they are good or bad, and use those as, as, as motivating factors. Um, and then I had a conversation with a group today and I said, look, it's, it, there's a there's a certain amount of courage in not being afraid to try something different and not being afraid of change occurring within the organization. And when it does occur, saying to yourself, well, I can either be a victim to it or I can capitalize on it. And, and I think that's, that's really important um, to take that mindset of not being afraid of change, but being a leader in change. Dave Peacock, thank you so much for coming in studio with us. I appreciate it. Thank you thank very you, much. Dave. And being with us on PNCC Speak, the language of executives, another great podcast, Michael Scully. Thank you so much. Michael Calhoun and for Carol Daniel, thank you for tuning in today. And you can listen to this and every episode of PNCC Speak, the language of executives, by going to kmox.com slash PNCC Speak or just search for PNCC Speak wherever you get your podcasts.